Hi, it's Melissa Moore, and welcome to Mile High Magazine. Happy to have you with us on this Sunday morning, and looking forward to today's conversation about prostate cancer, prostate health, with Dr. Carpenter. Good morning, doctor. Good morning. How are you? I am doing fine. Well, first, let's talk a little bit. I mean, let's go to the basics. Explain what the prostate is and what it does in the body. Yeah, so the the prostate is a a male-only organ. Its primary function is for reproduction, Um, so it's something that all men have, and it can cause problems for men typically as they age, and those problems can either be causing uh, urinary issues and urinary obstruction problems, uh, but it can also be a place where uh, cancer can develop, and specifically cancer arising from the prostate or or what we term prostate cancer. Okay, so prostate cancer, uh, what what is it and what are some of the warning signs? Yeah, so so prostate cancer is uh, a, a cancer uh, that comes from this glandular structure of the prostate, uh, which sits at the base of the bladder, and the urethra runs through that. So for men that develop a more advanced uh, uh, form of prostate cancer, it can become symptomatic in the urinary tract, where men can have uh, things like blood in their urine or pain with urination. That tends to be much more advanced prostate cancer, and so uh, in current times, what we typically see and how we typically find prostate cancer is on surveillance testing, which is typically done through uh, either seeing a urologist uh, like uh, myself or someone else in my group at the Urology Center of Colorado or through a primary care physician. And that surveillance testing or screening is done uh, as a blood test and a test called a prostate-specific antigen or what you'll hear termed a PSA. Oh, okay. So just uh, so you're looking for that antigen then in the blood test. And does that tell you the person does have prostate cancer or just they have markers for possibly getting it? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question and an important distinction. Um, the PSA level can be elevated for patients. That's a red flag and an indication that a patient's at a higher risk of prostate cancer, but does not necessarily mean a prostate cancer diagnosis. And so if we see that and we have enough concern as urologists, uh, the next step in testing that we would typically be doing is a biopsy of the prostate to get a tissue sample to see if someone truly does have prostate cancer or not. So when you're taking that biopsy, are you looking for uh, a tumor or are you actually taking a biopsy of the actual prostate? Yeah, both things are true. So we're taking a biopsy of the prostate tissue, and that's done systematically. Several biopsies are taken. And, and what we're trying to do is is pick out uh, and catch any tissue that's abnormal or cancerous, uh, which would be coming from a prostate cancer tumor. Okay. And so let's say you find something. Then what is that next round of treatment, and has that changed over the years? Yeah, it's a, another great question because it has changed, where in the past, prostate cancer was an all-or-none diagnosis. It was very black or white. Any form of of prostate cancer required treatment uh, and would be treated either with surgery or radiation therapy. Those are still the mainstay treatments uh, for prostate cancer. The difference being there's a lot of prostate cancers, almost half of them that we detect now, which we think are very slow-growing, very indolent-type cancers, we term them, meaning that they're very unlikely to be life-threatening. And so we do have a very large uh, contingency of our patients who are diagnosed with prostate cancer, and we can monitor those cancers closely, necessarily have to treat them and allows us to uh, avoid the potential side effects or putting our patients at risk mm-hmm. of the potential side effect of those treatments. Well, I know there used to be, and tell me if I'm right or wrong here, that you would put pellets in with the prostate. Is that done anymore? That is still done. Uh, and that's a, a treatment 
called brachytherapy, and brachytherapy is another form of radiation therapy. So radiation therapy can either be administered from uh, beams of radiation outside the body directed onto the prostate gland or what you're referring to, which is implantation of radioactive seeds to provide local radiation to that uh, to that cancer tissue as well as the, the surrounding prostate tissue. Okay. So what are the other forms of treatment that can be done then? Uh, I know you said sometimes you're just keeping an eye on it, you're monitoring it, but as far as treatment, what what is that look like? Um, yeah, so there's three mainstays of treatment. What we discussed is active surveillance, where we're actively monitoring the cancer to make sure that it doesn't progress, um, but not having to definitively treat the cancer unless there is change. Uh, and then the two other forms are still the mainstay treatment, which is surgery uh, to completely remove the prostate gland, something called a radical prostatectomy that uh, in typical fashion now done as a, a robotic laparoscopic surgery uh, or the radiation therapy options that we were discussing. And what are the pros and cons of those? Of each of those treatment options? Yes. Yeah, so so um, it's another good question. Uh, the, the pros and cons of surgery, uh, and the way I like to describe it to patients, with either form, you're taking the treatment and you're either squashing it down or you're kind of extending it out is a simple way of thinking about it. And so with surgery, we're taking that treatment and we're condensing it down into a three or four hour operation uh, in, in the operating room under general anesthesia. Uh, and then patients are typically staying in the hospital over night and going home the following day. And then they will typically have about a two-week convalescent period where they're recovering from that surgery uh, and getting back to their normal activity levels. Um, and so it's, it's more of an upfront um, uh, treatment. Uh, and, then, and then patients are on the mend quickly after that. And so we're kind of condensing things down there, as I was describing. With radiation therapy, uh, it's typically more of a, a drawn out. Uh, but uh, the daily treatments that patients are getting from the radiation therapy are typically very well tolerated and doesn't have as much immediate impact on activities of daily living and patients' quality of life uh, really maintains at its uh, baseline level. And so um, patients just have a longer duration of treatment to complete Mm -hmm. radiation therapy. And so that's one pro and con between those two options. And when should men start getting regular checkups, get the blood test done? At what age or is there an age uh, for prostate cancer? It's a great question, and I think it's a really important one because there's a lot of different information uh, and confusing information for patients and for the general public. And so um, you look in one source and you'll see one thing and, and you'll hear a different thing from a different doctor. And so in, in our uh, expertise, our recommendation is for patients to begin screening for prostate cancer between the ages of 50 and 55, or at the very least having a conversation with their primary care physician or with a urologist if, if they should be screened. Mm-hmm. For patients that have have a significant family history. They have a first-degree relative, a uh, dad, a brother, um, even an uncle in some situations, or multiple family members who have had prostate cancer. We want to start that screening process much earlier. And that depends on when those family members were diagnosed at what age and kind of the significance of those prostate cancers. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can also, for an individual, be important to know if they have any genetic markers or mutations that run in the family that could put them at increased risk of prostate cancer. And so for those individuals, we may start screening when they're into their 40s or something. Sometimes we're even getting a baseline PSA for those patients uh, in their 30s uh, so we can more closely monitor and better monitor them and their risks going forward. Well, it's interesting because as women, we know to get your mammograms and get your yearly physicals. And sometimes men are a little more difficult to get to the doctor and take this kind of thing seriously. I I think that's another really important thing, Melissa. And when we look at the numbers uh, for prostate cancer and breast cancer, the incidence or the number of new cases that are diagnosed each year is very similar between the two diseases. 
diseases. And so uh, prostate cancer is, is just uh, as, as common uh, as breast cancer, but we don't hear as much about it. Uh, but it is an important uh, disease and it is a lethal disease. And so that's why we feel really strongly about the screening process and also why we feel an event like the Blue Shoe Run that we're going to talk about is important to bring uh, more light to this issue. Well, and I think a lot of men are afraid of getting prostate cancer or afraid of finding out they had it because of some mm-hmm. of the effects. Am I right? I, I think some of the effects, I also think because uh, it's not very well understood, maybe like as you were asking me initially, what even is this organ mm-hmm. in the body? Uh, I think maybe because it's more of an internal organ, it's more of, because of the reproductive nature of it. Maybe it's more of a sensitive topic for a lot of people. And so yeah. uh, it, it's not as commonly brought up. And um, I think a lot of men are, are just more private about those types of issues and, and uh, don't want the uh, investigation into that. Right. Because, I mean, I have had friends that have gone through this as a couple and they say, yeah, it, it, it definitely does have some after effects and there are some adjustments that have to be made. Yep, that's certainly true. And so um, but it's always better to know what we're dealing with and be able to come up with a plan for that than to kind of bury our heads in the sand and, and pretend that it's not there. So for men who have not had this done, uh, do they start with their GP or do they need to go straight to a urologist to get tested? So, so most of the time, uh, this would be get done through a general practitioner or a primary care physician. Um, but w- we certainly have patients that feel most comfortable going directly to the expert in this field, and that is a urologist uh, like ourselves. And uh, and so uh, either avenue is very appropriate. Uh, and but sometimes patients are in a situation where their general practitioner may not feel strongly about uh, screening for prostate cancer, or the patients want a second opinion. And so uh, we are more than happy to be the the first line point of contact with those patients. And I think it's important to point out, too, that you start with a blood test. So that that's how easy it can be. It can be as easy as just having a blood draw. Exactly. All right. Well, let's talk about the Blue Shoe Run coming up on September 9th. Uh, what can you tell me about the event? Yeah, so the Blue Shoe Run is a, is a great event. Uh, we're very proud of it. We put it on through the Urology Center of Colorado. Um, it's an event, uh, as you said, it's coming up this, uh, this next Saturday, the September 9th. And uh, it's been going on for uh, the better part of 10 years now, uh, and even longer than that. But it's an event where uh, we give uh, light to our patients who have gone through prostate cancer, both those that have successfully uh, completed and and won their fight with prostate cancer, as well as remembering those patients that we've lost to prostate cancer. And it's a way to to honor both of those groups as well as their families. Um, It's something that brings a lot of joy to us as urologists, as well as our staff, and allows us uh, to connect with patients and uh, and their families and just kind of see the impact outside of our day-to-day medical practice. And so, again, it's something that's very important to us and and very important to the the patients that are uh, connected uh, through this prostate cancer disease. And tell me, with the Blue Shoe Run, are you also raising money? So we are. We're raising money, and we've done that each year. Uh, We've been very successful in that, and we have an extremely uh, helpful and beneficial partner in the American Cancer Society. And so all of the money that we raise through the event uh, is donated directly to American Cancer Society, and that money goes directly to prostate cancer research. And and our goal with this partnership is promoting this research so that we can better the treatment options for patients uh, with prostate cancer, better the detection rates uh, for prostate cancer, and then ultimately that we can make this disease less prominent, Mm -hmm. less lethal, and that fewer people will have to go through uh, this prostate cancer uh, disease. Right. So for folks that are just hearing about the Blue Shoe Run and want to get involved, what do they need to do? 
So it's very easy to get involved. They can either go to our website, uh, tucc.com, or they can find the registration for the event uh, through Race Roster uh, and would just search for Blue Shoe Run on that website. Uh, and we uh, encourage people to identify uh, someone uh, and form a team around that individual. Maybe that's a patient uh, who's been in our practice or, or anywhere else with, with this diagnosis, or maybe in memory of someone who's been through this and, and passed away as a result of prostate cancer. Uh, the registration for teams does close this Sunday, so we encourage people uh, to, to get those teams together, get registered. Um, but individuals can register for the event now online or the day of the event if, if they need to do it last minute. Uh, so, so either of those options is out there, but those are the resources to uh, utilize to, to uh, achieve the re- registration. All right. And Dr. Carpenter, what do you think? What is it going to take or what do we need to do to start getting the awareness about prostate cancer just more talked about in society? You know, I think doing things like this, uh, Melissa, and so I appreciate you using your voice and your platform to bring this out to the general public. Uh, and I think the more we can have events like this, like the Blue Shoe Run, where people get involved, hear more about it, see the impact it's having in our community, I think that naturally uh, going to facilitate this conversation in, in society in general. Yeah. And what final word would you give as a doctor, a man, a urologist? What would you say to get people to take this seriously and get checked? Uh, yeah, I think the the thing to know about this is um, I think there's misinformation out in the general public that this is either uh, not a significant disease or it's not a lethal disease. And, and as uh, we were previously discussing, there's about 300,000 patients a year right now that are diagnosed with prostate cancer, and about 35,000 of those uh, will pass away from prostate cancer this year. The other concerning trend that we're seeing is uh, both an increase in the uh, yearly detection rate, so that's that's going up. And the the incidence of lethal prostate cancers has been increasing over the past five to seven years. Mm. So uh, we're not exactly sure why we're seeing that trend, but it is there. And, and it's something that we need to be aware of. And, and that's the reason that we need to be doing screening because early detection for prostate cancer is the most important way uh, for patients uh, to survive and, and have a good outcome from this problem. All right, Dr. Carpenter, thank you so much for your time. For folks that want to get in touch with you personally, uh, where do they go? What's your website? Yeah, so our website, uh, TUCC.com, uh, and there's links there for the TUCC Foundation, which is our group that puts on the Blue Shoe Run. Uh, and then again, you can go to Race Roster, uh, their website, and search for Blue Shoe Run uh, if you're looking for uh, the way to register for the event. All right, sounds good. Dr. Carpenter, thank you so much for your time today. I sure appreciate it. Great information, too. Thank you for being here on your Sunday Labor Day weekend. It is good to have you here. I'm Melissa Moore. It is Mile High Magazine. For more information on this interview or anything that you've heard on this show before, just go to your radio station's website. We make these shows available as a podcast so you can listen to them again and also share them on your social media. Go out, have a great day, be blessed, and remember to be kind to everyone. I'll see you back here next Sunday.